You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television, brought to you by our great friends at Ditchwitch. Bass Edge Television is currently on Wild TV in Canada and also on the Versus Network all the way through June of 2008. My co-host Steve Brigman is with me. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. As always, it's great to be on the edge. Well, it's, it's, we have an exciting show as uh, one of the most sought-after topics will be pertaining to gaining sponsorship within the fishing industry. So we'll be visiting with Ardent CEO Mike Brooks, uh, talking about that very thing. And he's going to be extending out a, a very interesting invitation. Uh, then we'll go to the Inside Edge segment and talk with Blake Mullenbrook uh, about another great installment that uh, we've seen come off of the Travis Rooley episode, which is that skirt expander. So it's a great show, and it's all right here on The Edge. Uh-oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that stuff gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. All right, Steve, uh, it's kind of odd that you and I are back together here on the edge. It's been a while, but uh, our good friend Outdoors Dan is, uh, I think, outdoors. Uh, Dan's off chasing turkeys. That, that rascal's got a rough life. Yeah. <laughs> good work if you can get it, as you once said, I think, in the <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But I tell you what, uh, we're not going uh, to let him get in all the turkey hunting. I got us a deal set up for you and I going to slip over in Kansas once we get back from Indiana and talk to a few birds ourselves. Man, there's, uh, I tell you what, as, as much as what I like uh, bass fishing, I think uh, spring turkey hunting when you get to hear, hear them gobble and uh, just the intense action that goes on, I, I know it's one of the things that I, I certainly miss. Well, it's spring. It's a great time, man. The birds are gobbling, the bass are biting. It's time to go outside. I hear you, and I'm uh, I'm anxious to hear uh, Dan's success as he gets back because I know he's doing some filming for his show, Outdoors Traditions. Uh, so it, it should be an interesting story. Um, you know, kind of switching gears, Steve. Um, last year, Bass Edge had the opportunity to really travel all over the country, and and really we faced some some drought conditions. You know. There wasn't a whole lot of water. Matter of fact, we actually had to cancel one of the the lakes that we were going to go to last year because we couldn't get our boats in the water. This year, it's a it's a little different, isn't it? Man, what a what a difference a year makes. Well, I know last year we were on Clark's Hill. Those boat ramps. I mean, we were just on the edge of canceling a second trip. Those lakes were incredibly low all through Georgia and South Carolina. And my goodness, when we drove. Uh, through Arkansas yesterday, coming back from our shoot on Caddo Lake, some of the floodwaters we saw were just incredible. When we crossed over the Buffalo River, and that water was just a few feet under that 65 bridge. I mean, I've never, I've never seen that. Uh, it's been an incredibly wet year all over the country, really. You know, it it has, and I think the unfortunate thing is that. You know, you've got a lot of people's homes and, and personal property that, that obviously is impacted by that. On the other side is, you know, how does that tie into fishing, which, you know, I, I anticipate that once we have some stabilization, it's probably going to be a, a fairly decent shallow bite. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I think in the long run, the water's going to just be great for fishing for the lakes and everything. It's making it a little tough now, especially for the guys that are fishing in some of the lakes that, that are really affected by current. Uh, you know, my old home, Lake, uh, Lake Fork in Texas, is was always uh, tough when there was a current in the lake. But uh, but in the long run, all this water's great. I know those people over in Georgia, if they're getting the water, they sure needed it. Boy, that that is for sure. I know they've been on a water ban for quite some time. Um, you know, and, and bringing going back to one of your early points, earlier points concerning current in the lakes. A lot of lakes and a lot of fish are positively impacted by current. You know, it really turns the bite on. It it positions. Uh, you know the bait or the the fish on the points, and then you know they set up from an ambush standpoint. Whereas Florida strain and some lakes are actually negatively impacted by some current. Can you can you talk just for a second on that? Well, well you know, it's my personal belief that the Florida bass are more more uh, negatively impacted by that. Uh, you know, like I said uh, at Fork, it was a uh, a situation. Uh, we just got back from Caddo, and we had to work pretty hard for those fish down there. And because uh, because there was a big current in the lake, and uh, and it was an adjustment when I moved up to the Ozarks and went fishing <laughs> with you and some of the guys up here, and you know, it's great we got a current in the lake, and I, you know it's it a little bit of an adjustment for me, but it you know it just goes to show you that that, that around the country, uh, different conditions in different lakes, uh, uh, it is different everywhere you go. And speaking around the country, you know, Bass Edge team is is certainly. Uh, uh, been all over. I know you and, and Matt were down at the, the NASCAR race at Texas Motor Speedway. We have uh, the Toyota Texas Bass Classic that's coming up just here in a few days, April 17th through the 20th. And uh, then I think we're heading north to do a little filming up there, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on at Bass Edge, as usual. It's it's spring, and, and we're out and about. Uh, Matt and I just had a fantastic time. We got, we got to go back and... Uh, tour the garage down at uh, Texas Motor Speedway and uh, uh, get close to the drivers and the cars and, and get our ears blown up by those noises, by the, <laughs> by the loud engines. And, uh, uh, and of course, uh, heading down to Lake Fork to the Toyota Texas Bass Classic is, you know, that's like I mentioned, that's my home turf. i got a lot of friends down there. Uh, most of the big anglers will be there, and our good friends at Ditchwich will be there. So I just am really looking forward to that. Yeah. You know, and one of the other things that is just really hot off the press, and that is going to be uh, the Bama Jam Music Festival. And so you had better mark your calendars. I know here on the edge we're going to be giving away some tickets to that event. Uh, but that is going to be happening June 5th through the 7th. Uh, there's, I think, over 30 top bands. They're expecting 80 to 100,000 people that's going to take place there at Enterprise, Alabama. So if, if you want the opportunity, just simply go to BamaJamMusicFestival.com. Check that out because Bass Edge, O'Reilly's, uh, all of the Bass Edge sponsors are going to be out there in full force. Steve, we really need to get to the interview, so let's, uh, let's get to it and go join uh, Mike Brooks, CEO of Arden Outdoors, right after this commercial break. Sounds good to me. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 towing pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. 
Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, welcome back to The Edge, and joining us today to talk about probably one of the most uh, requested topics that I think that we have had since Bass Edge has started, and that is the topic of sponsorship, and to do that is the president and CEO of Ardent Outdoors, and that is Michael Brooks. Mike, thanks so much uh, for taking time out to be part of The Edge. Oh, you're welcome, Aaron. Good to be with you. You know, Mike, um, I'm sure as your company is much like that of many others within this industry, uh, there's a lot of topics and a lot of conversations um, concerning gaining access into the pro staff of organizations. And, you know, before we really just get in and wrap our arms around that topic, I'd like for you to really set the stage uh, because you, ha- you have a lot of experience in this. A little bit, a little bit. Um, maybe maybe in different industries, uh, but uh, when it when it comes to professional sponsorships and uh, professional endorsements of uh, athletes by consumer product people, I really don't think the product is is as much important because, quite frankly, Aaron, the uh, the objectives of the sponsorship and the dynamics of the relationship are are, are very much the same, and. Um, I now, as you know, am, am president and uh, CEO of Ardent. Uh, for the listeners that, that don't know, uh, I've been involved in this company since it started about five years ago. But prior to that, I was the uh, director of marketing for Budweiser, and that's really where I got my experience in promotional relationships with everything from Major League Baseball to the National Hockey League and football. But specifically, when you're talking about pro staff, uh, really established I think a, uh, a a personal experience because I was also the director of marketing for the sports marketing division of Budweiser at the time, and uh, was involved and, and managed uh, personally everything from the NASCAR program to the top fuel drag racing program, the offshore racing programs, the the off road racing programs, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, was kind of at the foundation of what today people would look at as motorsports marketing you know your your roots are based in really a company that obviously had a had a, a very good product it was very well received and now you know just in uh, the five years of course you know ardent obviously is is one of the the our major sponsors and and we're so fortunate to have ardent and, and be able to use the quality product but that brings us to the next question is you know you have to have a quality product to be able to attract that promotion and that subsidy really within the industry. Yeah, you really do. I mean, if, if you really look at it from kind of a fundamental standpoint, um, a, a company, whether they produce a product or they sell a service, um, is all about sales. Because if a company doesn't have sales, a company doesn't generate revenue. If it doesn't generate revenue, quite frankly, it can't cover, it exp- cover its expenses and company lose money. So obviously a simple objective for a company is to grow its sales greater than its expenses so it can generate profits. And when you look at uh, consumer products, whether, whether you're talking about beer or whether you're talking about fishing reels, it's really about growing those sales. And uh, I think the thing that excited me, Aaron, about Ardent from the start was the concept of doing something that nobody else was doing which was producing a high-performance, high-quality reel that was made in the USA. Uh, I think if you, you look at that dynamic, you, you say, well, it's not beer, but it's really not too far of a stretch from Budweiser 
which is a American-owned company producing a quality brand in the United States. It's kind of that made-in-the-USA position versus imports, both on beer and on fishing tackle. And uh, the whole story behind Arden at the end of the day is that we just firmly believe that there's enough avid American sportsmen that truly give a damn about where their product is produced. But at the end of the day, they're not going to buy the product just because it's manufactured in the United States. The onus on the manufacturer is to provide that sportsman a performance competitive or, or performance superior product at a competitive price. And if you can, in fact, do that, then I believe that having a made-in-the-USA position becomes an added benefit to that sportsman who, at the end of the day, is also your consumer. So that, if you that, don't have a quality product, there's no reason for anybody to buy it, and thus there's no reason for, for any sportsman to want to promote it and be a member of your promotional team or your, or your professional team. Well, and, and that's a great point, and I think from, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but from that description that, that really that you just laid out, it's almost like uh, your company takes on or possesses a, a certain set of values or character that, that underlines kind of the, you know, the underlying current, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and it really does, and, and uh, you know, I, I think the biggest criteria that I look at whenever we entertain a new individual for a member of our pro staff, and, I, and, and I'd like to clarify that point right up front, a lot of people in the industry think that pro staff stands for professional staff, and it doesn't. Pro staff at Arden stands for promotional staff. It's the staff of people that are part of our overall marketing mix that we charge with the responsibility to promote the product. And I think people can look and say, you know, if you have a product, and let's assume that you've done your homework and the product's quality and the product is performance competitive and it's price competitive, et cetera, et cetera, there are a number of marketing programs that a company has to employ to sell that product. You have to advertise it. And then when you advertise it, you say, well, you're going to advertise on television, or you're going to advertise in print magazines, or you're going to advertise in, in, in newspapers, or you're going to advertise on the Internet, or you're going to advertise on radio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you promote, are you going to promote the product through a promotional staff? Are you going to promote the product through tour sponsorships? Are you going to promote the product through event sponsorships? Are you going to promote the product through in-store promotional opportunities, such as seminars and educational forums or end-dial displays or in-store videos, et cetera, et cetera? So there are a, a number of marketing elements that companies have to look at and determine which they believe is going to be the most effective for them in promoting the product. And at Arden, we are an incredible believer in the value of our promotional staff. You know, we are a very young company at this point. We have only been in the marketplace with our product line now coming on three years. But we now have, Aaron, over 55 members of our promotional staff that are out in the field, across the country, on the water, in the stores, promoting our product line. 
So what criteria, what would you say your, your top picks and the, and the things that, that you really want to hone in on that someone must possess in order to be a part of this elite and exclusive promotional staff? You know, great, great, great question. Um, and, and, and it's really not, you know, you, you, you say effective, and I totally agree. It's really not elite. Uh, and, I, and I think that's probably misunderstood, Aaron, by a lot of people. Um, at the end of the day, what we really look for is an individual that we believe can be an ambassador for the company. A lot of people come to us and throw at us a bunch of fishing credentials tournaments they've won, tours they've competed on, championships they've won, number of events they've competed in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, that's part of the equation. But for me, it's not the ultimate part of the equation. The ultimate part of the equation, you know, quite frankly for me, is whether the individual can be an effective ambassador, because at the end of the day, what I really want that ambassador to do is to sell the merits of the company. And so I think as people look at an opportunity, whether it's being a member of Arden staff or another manufacturer's staff, I don't think I'm any different than any other um, employer. People really have to ask themselves, what can I do to be an ambassador for that company? And um, if you say, well, what, what does being an ambassador mean? The first thing and probably the, mo the most important thing is that you use the company's products. And I have been approached, and, and this happened to me both in my beer experience and it has happened to me in my Arden experience. And when it happens there, and I, I absolutely shake my head, I've been in situations where I've actually had, when, in my Budweiser days, had guys come up to me with a can of Coors in their hand and say, you know, I'd like to be part of the Budweiser team. <laughs> and I would look at that individual and say, well, geez, this is a brain surgeon I'm dealing with here. <laughs> He's approaching me as the marketing director for Budweiser with a can of Coors in his hand. Now, that's a sharp guy. Yeah. Li likewise, I have had guys come up to me at events, whether it's at ICAST, whether it's at the Classic, et cetera, et cetera, who are sitting there against their boat in a parking lot that's covered with competitive reels and say, you know, I'd really be interested in being, being part of the Arden Pro Staff. Yeah. It carries zero benefit to me. What really impresses me is when an individual, an angler, comes up and he says, you know, Mike, I've got two or three or four of your reels, and I've been fishing these things for 12 months or 18 months or 24 months. And I absolutely believe this is one of the finest pieces of equipment I've ever used. How can I become a representative of your company? Right there, that says to me that that individual, on his own, without complimentary product, without any form of compensation, without clothing, without anything, took the initiative to try the product and has become a supporter of the product and a promoter of the product in and of itself. Now, anybody that would put themselves in a manufacturing capacity would look at that and say, that shows initiative, that shows commitment, that that individual right there is probably going to go beyond, beyond the call of, of norms to promote the company's product. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's really kind of a, a, a definition where I think you say, being, uh, being an ambassador for the company really means representing the company publicly as if the company would want itself represented. 
an individual has to have product knowledge, and the only way they get product knowledge is by using the product. So if you're not using the product, you don't present yourself to the company as a very credible source. Uh, if you come to a company and say, well, I use competitive product, but I'd like to use yours if you gave it to me, then it's really kind of a conditional relationship. Well, and to me, you set the stage instantly for that it's a partnership. It is, it is a entered into from a two-way street, not what can you do for me. You know, and, and, and that is so true. I mean, it's uh, um, promotional staff programs for companies are not inexpensive. It is, Aaron, for us with 55 men and women around the country, it is a significant portion of our overall marketing budget. And we don't do it just because we want to make 55 people happy and give them free fishing reels. We do it because with the complimentary product that we provide to those people, we fully expect a return that they're going to bring to us, quite frankly, in probably a six to seven multiple. Meaning if, if I give an individual equipment, kind of for illustrative purposes, if I give an individual equipment and I give him $1,000 worth of equipment, what I really expect out of that is that through his marketing efforts and his salesmanships and through his public relations activities, he's going to return to me about six to $7,000 in sales. Sure. It, it's a two-way street. It's, it's the way that, uh, that things have to work. It, well, and the really reason being is because that if to be able to not only recoup the cost that's associated with that product that is giving out, plus to make any type of margin, that really that six to seven multiple, that's surely a break-even point. No question. Ab absolutely no question. And so, you know, the ambassador concept for, for, for a company really means representing the company out there in public, wh whether that's on the water in a tournament, whether it's in a marina after a tournament, quite frankly, whether it's in a, a restaurant or a bar, or, or hanging out with a bunch of guys where you have the best interests of the company at heart because you, by being a member of that promotional staff, you are a part of that company. You sell its merits. You, you, you sell its products. You don't have to be a born-again zealot about the product, but you have to sincerely represent the product to the people that, that, uh, that you encounter. I, I think what I secondly look for in people after I kind of get over you know, that dynamic is the person using the product, does the person believe in the product? Because the worst thing in the world you can have is somebody out there representing your product, quite frankly, that doesn't believe in it. Absolutely. But once those things are accomplished, Aaron, then it really becomes a matter for me is what kind of a personality does this person have? Are they the kind of individual that, that is going to engage other anglers? Are they pleasant? Are they sincere? Are they caring? Do they listen? If they have all of those traits, that means that they can effectively sell product. You know, there's, there's an old adage in sales, which is um, you can't hear while your mouth is talking. And a lot of people forget that. And when they're out there promoting product, they have to listen to what the angler is asking them. They have to listen to the angler when he talks about competitive product and the type of fishing that he does and where he fishes and the techniques that, that he uses so that a promotional staff guy can say, well, you know, if you drop shot, here's one of the benefits of this Arden XS1000 reel. If you like fish and spawning beds, the casting distance of this reel is phenomenal, and this will be a great asset to you. And it's that ability to, to really be an ambassador, 
to represent the company, to be sincere, to be engaging, bottom line, to be likable, and to be credible. That is much more important in the decision process for Arden on who we put on those promotional teams than his fishing credentials, such as where has he fished, what has he won, how much money has he made. Because quite frankly, if I get approached by an individual who could have the world's best fishing credentials, and that person, bottom line, is an individual that I don't want to spend five minutes with, I don't want him or her as a member of our pro staff. No question. And in our last closing 30 seconds here, Mike, and you know i got to ask you this, sure. uh, how much... How much knowledge, uh, how much faith did you have in Alton Jones by pulling down that, that Bassmasters Classic when you signed him several years ago? <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be sincere with you. And, and we always believed that Alton had the ability to win it. Whether he would win it or not, you know, in the world of sports marketing is, is, is up to, you know, the gods. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that that's a great question, not, not because of the fact that he won the Classic, with our reels, which we're very proud of. But he's a guy that you would want to sit down at any time and talk to. He is affable. He is pleasant. He is engaging. He is an incredible ambassador for Arden, and that's exactly why he is and was a member of our, of our promotional team prior to winning the Classic. He was introduced to our products through Pete Pons, actually. Pete introduced him to the product line. Alton loved the product. Alton called us and said, I'd like to fish these. And we said, are you serious? He said, I love them. I can throw them farther than anything I've ever, ever thrown. He started using the product. And so we really, in a very short form over the last couple of years, went through the entire criteria that we just talked about. And then the benefit to Arden was that after he had become a member of that staff, because he used the product, because he understood the product, because he could sell the product, and because he's, he's a likable, sincere, articulate guy, the benefits that he's given us over the past 30 days from winning that classic are immeasurable. Just well, immeasurable. Well, and, and certainly, you know, my, my thinking is I know from just knowing Alton, having filmed with him uh, this past season, you know, I call him the angler's angler, and certainly I think greatness attracts greatness, and uh, I, I don't think not only could Alton not have a, a better reel, but certainly uh, Arden could not have anyone else uh, that could better serve as an ambassador. But unfortunately, Mike, we are out of time. I, I tell you what, I, I can't thank you enough for this interview. You know, you put yourself at risk by just getting pummeled uh, now with uh, emails and responses like that. But uh, great information, great stuff for our listeners. And quickly, could you uh, let us know how to get in touch uh, concerning Ardent? Yeah, absolutely. For people that, you know, that, that would like to chat with the company about opportunities, that, you know, the best thing they can do quickly and efficiently is just go to ardentreels.com, which is our website. There is an email facility on there. They can leave us a message for contact information. They should address that to Jake Tippy, who is our marketing coordinator at Ardent that manages, you know, our pro, our pro staff program. Uh, and that will be probably the best avenue to get in front of Jake, get your name out there, start a conversation, and see if there is a potential where we can come together and, uh, and, and uh, make up a member of our staff. I mean, clearly, we, we, we are not the world's biggest real company. We're working on it. Uh, so our resources are relatively limited, but we are looking to grow that program. Um, as we go down the road. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for the invitation uh, to our listeners and certainly can't thank you enough for uh, your support of Bass Edge and the Bass Edge experience. Thanks so much. My pleasure.
Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. Welcome back to The Edge, and Steve, uh, what, what a great interview, you know, concerning questions that we are often asked a lot about, and that is how to gain sponsorship into, uh, into this industry. Well, it is, and I know it's one of the things that you get asked a lot uh, about when you're out there on the road. There's a, young, a lot of young, aspiring uh, professional anglers out there, and it can be a tough business to break into, and, and uh, boy, Mike's comments were just fantastic help to those folks. It, well, it was, and I think the, the unique thing, and that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to have him be part of the show, because he's bringing two different uh, business models to, to the table. You know, he served with, obviously, Anheuser-Busch uh, for the whole Budweiser branding campaign. Uh, now, obviously, he is the president and CEO there at Arden Outdoors. So he provides two different aspects. And I, I really liked his comment uh, or his opinion of the difference. When you consider pro staff, the pro portion is promotional and not necessarily professional. And how they place less emphasis on your your fishing abilities and, and your tournament winnings versus the ability to go out and actually promote and discuss and, and ultimately increase bottom line of product sales. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I talked to Kevin Van Dam a short while back about that very subject, and I asked him what, uh, what advice he had for young anglers who, who wanted to become the next Kevin Van Dam. And, you know, you might expect uh, something about fishing, but his answer was go to college, get you a degree in marketing, and take every opportunity you can to speak in public and get good at it. Well, and, and that's a great point, Steve, because when I look back at, you know, just my current position, where I'm at, uh, how I got here, I have pulled from a lot of the, the, the knowledge that I gained through college, but also, you know, I was in the, uh, in the business end of it, I guess, uh, non-related to fishing. I was actually a f- uh, financial advisor for 10 years, but just those things that I learned through school, through having to to be entrenched in the business world, man, that goes a long ways when you get to this side of the equation, and, and it really helps put you at an advantage uh, when dealing with your sponsors. Well, sure it does, and, and 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 young anglers can just simply you know learn a lot by watching uh, television and and reading articles, and and you see very quickly that. Uh, the folks that, that that get on television the most are the ones that are the best at doing it and have have taken the time to develop those promotional skills and they best uh promote their sponsors and uh that's the best way to be successful well and i and, and again my hats off uh, to mike not only for taking the time i thought his information was great but also the invitation to you know for others to to send in uh their information uh, about becoming part of of the Arden family, and I, I had to kid Mike there at the end, you know, by asking if if, if he had some sort of uh, um, 
you know, inside knowledge that he knew that Alton Jones was going to win the Bassmasters Classic using the Ardent Reels, but uh, he kind of laughed on that one. But, hey, we need to uh, get uh, to the inside edge. And, uh, again, exciting interview. One of the most sought-after products, I think, that we've ever had on the show. We were just flooded with emails, questions uh, pertaining to that. So let's head off to uh, talk with Blake Mullenbrook from the Naked Bait Co. concerning the Skirt Expander. All right, welcome back to The Edge, and joining us for this week's Inside Edge is the founder and, I should say, the president of Naked Bait Company, and that is Mr. Blake Mullenbrook. Blake, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Uh, thanks for having me, Aaron. You know, I may have gotten that wrong. Uh, could be that uh, maybe your wife is the president of the company. Huh? <laughs> my, my wife's really the boss. Yeah, there, you you go. there you go. Well, Blake, i got to tell you, you know, this is one of those interviews to where um, we did a show not too long ago with Travis Rooley on Table Rock Lake, and he used uh, one of your products on the show, which is obviously the skirt expander. Uh, we're going to get more into that. But uh, this is kind of one of those ideas I wish I would have thought myself because the amount of emails, uh, correspondence that we got trying to figure out what in the world that tool was, uh, I've got to tell you what a great product. Thank you. We really appreciate to hear that. Well, and, you know, with that being said, uh, before we get into the skirt expander itself, how in the world did you start uh, Naked Bait Company? You know, Naked Baco was founded in 2006, Aaron, uh, after I had suffered an industrial accident that left me unable to care for myself. And I uh, simply just needed, uh, uh, always been an avid outdoors person, and uh, spent my entire life growing up in Colorado, in the mountains of Colorado. Had some uh, influential people get me into the fishing industry, and uh, it was a hobby turned into a profession. Um, I needed something to... Uh, changed my mind uh, and give me a positive attitude, give me a good outlook on life after what I had went through. And uh, quite honestly, uh, the skirt expander came out of necessity with uh, my limited ability to use my right hand. Um, the skirt tools that are on the market are just too difficult even for uh, able-bodied people to use at times. And so I had to do something different so I could keep doing what I wanted, to, uh, the sport that I love. Well, and I can relate to what you're saying because some of the skirt tools out there, it's like uh, you're taking a crochet needle trying to work the, the collar and that through the skirt, uh, which makes it very difficult. But the unique story, I think, behind this is the fact that you followed your passion, and as a result of the condition, you know, a lot of times we're put in situations that we can choose to accept as, as good or bad. You turn this into a positive. Absolutely. You know, it, the, the, the bottom line was is that uh, I had to come up with a tool that allowed me to uh, simply continue to do what I loved, but in return, everyone had come to me and said, Blake, this is a, an excellent idea. Why don't you market it? And I, I really had no idea that I was going to take it to the direction that we have. Um, so basically, out of an accident that changed my life, um, in return, now I'm changing other people's lives with that tool. No question, and, and what a success story it is. And, you know, Naked Bait Co. is, is really uh, comes out of from a, a skirt company. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, um, former artists. So I love uh, dealing with different medias, and I love building things that uh, essentially match the hatch. And, and you can put a lot of time and effort into your skirts, or you can make some quick skirts. And uh, the, it's just a, a tool... Uh, the skirting industry of itself, if you look at it, it's a huge growing popular industry um, right now for the do-it-yourselfers. And in return, me being a do-it-yourselfer, uh, it only made sense to simply offer that to consumers um, and give them an opportunity to, to build something custom and go out and c catch something um, 
on something that they, they built themselves. Well, and the, and the thing that I appreciate about Naked Baco is that, uh, you know, you have not only 400 different colors of skirts that's available, um, but you really cater from anywhere from the grassroots all the way up to the pro uh, on the quantities that you can order. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we try, we're a unique company in the aspect. We really cater to absolutely everybody. If you want to simply order one pad of a skirt color from us, you can. And as far as I know, we're, we're the only company in the U.S. or worldwide that actually offers that service. So, you know, now transcending over into really the two things. One is the skirt expander and then the jig making kit, of which the skirt expander is part of that. Describe as best you can, obviously, what that is and why that we need to have one of these in our boat and during our travels. Well, you know, as a, as a tournament angler, when you're out there, your co-angler may be throwing a color or your uh, pro-angler may be throwing a color that you don't have readily available to you. So they might be chucking a, a chartreuse, an orange fire tiger uh, crankbait. Um, but you're a spinnerbait guy. Well, he's, he may be catching a lot of fish on that color. Why don't you just change to your spinnerbait color uh, right there on the fly as you go? Um, so uh, some, a lot of times what we found through the tournaments is these guys are out on the boats, and they do just that. They're asking their angler, you know, hey, what are you doing? What color are you using? You're being really productive. And then they simply right there on the boat just build a, a skirt to match the hatch. And in our last closing minute, you know, the jig-making kit, really takes it one step further by providing you kind of uh, the tools that you need to do exactly that. Yeah, you know, it, it just gives you an opportunity to be creative, use your mind, uh, do something different. Um, it's really uh, the expense that's involved in building your own stuff, it really cuts that expense. Um, if you were simply go to a store and buy a skirt, they're usually a, a bucket piece, but in our kits you could, you could approximately make 50 different skirts um, and have a tool that's going to last you the lifetime of your career. So really, when it comes comes down to it, you're saving money by using our products. Well, Blake, I can certainly tell you we were just overwhelmed uh, with the response that we and the feedback that we got on it. Uh, I must say that that was the first time that I had, had uh, became familiar with your, your product uh, when Travis had shown me. And uh, fantastic product, great job. Um, for our listeners' sake, how can they find out more information and actually get their hands on uh, some of your products? It's really simple. Just uh, visit uh, www.nakedbaitco.com. And uh, you can con communicate through us uh, just simply by going to the Contact Us button, or you can browse our website or order products directly off our website. Well, Blake, uh, certainly appreciate your time and certainly appreciate your product. In well, absolutely. I, I appreciate your guys' comments, and uh, have a wonderful day out there to all the listeners. Thanks for being part of The Edge. Thank you very much. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's Go-To Tackle System keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. All right, Blake, thanks uh, for taking time out to share not only a great story, but also a great product with us. You know, one of the things here on The Edge that I want to remind you, when we're talking about sending in the questions and entering for the drawing, it's very, very important that when you send these in to the Ask the Pros that you are including uh, your name and your contact information and this is because that we want once you win that 
uh, we want to be able to get that shipped out to you and we've actually had to skip over a couple people because we simply did not have the contact information on where to ship that out um, the other thing is to remember that when you send in your question you are automatically entered into the prize drawing uh, so it's, it's a great opportunity. If you're not taking advantage of that, please do. We welcome questions, and I know, Steve, I know you've answered quite a few questions out of that, and uh, it's, it's just fun to hear all the, the great things that are coming out of that. Some of the questions we've got has made me, has, has made me go and talk to anglers and, and, and look some stuff up, so, man, I'm learning too. Yeah, and, and that's really the, that's the fun part of our job because, you know, obviously we don't claim to know everything there there is to know about fishing by by no means but uh it, it has really heightened my awareness and and really my education level of uh discovering some of the answers to these questions so the other thing i want to throw out there is you know really appreciate all the comments that that have been posted on itunes uh please please keep keep posting those we love to hear your feedback and um we appreciate the ratings uh this week we are actually going to cover a listener email question Fantastic question, and it's concerning smallmouth and largemouth, right, Steve? Yeah, uh, Donald writes in and asks us, why do largemouths grow bigger than smallmouths or spotted bass since they're in the same family? And uh, probably some tournament anglers out there that have a bag full of spotted bass want to know the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, well, we called our good friend Bob Lusk, a fisheries biologist and, and editor of Pond Boss Magazine, to help us with this. And uh, Bob answers Donald, while smallmouth, spotted, and largemouth bass are in the same family, they have different habits, habitats, and growth patterns. Smallmouth are cool water fish that like rocky terrain and feed on crawfish and small fish. A six-pound smallmouth would be a record in several states, but they grow bigger than that. A one- or two-pound smallmouth is normal. Spotted bass prefer cool water, too, but they easily tolerate warm water. But with a bigger mouth, they have bigger feeding habits. They congregate in schools near gravelly shoals or rocky outcroppings and feed mostly on fish almost as large as they are, frogs, and big insects. Spots also like moving water. They love to linger at the edge of currents, moving around points or in rivers and streams. Spotted bass grow as big as 9 pounds in their best habitat, but a 5 or 6 pounder is a mighty big fish most places. It's normal. When, when the spots are on to catch a variety of sizes with an average around a pound. Largemouth bass like it warm. They thrive in water as warm as, as the mid-80s. There are two qualifi qualifications for food as a largemouth bass. The creature must be moving and fit in its mouth. Largemouth bass eat big and as big as their mouth can handle. I've seen them eat other bass almost as large as they are. All kinds of fish, turtles, snakes, and birds. Yes, birds. But the reason a smallmouth, a largemouth bass has a reputation to, to grow larger than either of its cousins is because it's genetically programmed that way, just like the Great Dane grows bigger than the Chihuahua. That's just the nature of these three beasts. Uh, Donald, uh, Bob, thanks you for the question, and uh, that's a great answer. Well, that is a great answer, and, you know, uh, I think so many times we, we just take for granted that, well, that's just the way it is, but, uh, you know, what a... a great job of donald of getting out there and finding out what the what the true nature of that is and you can take something from that you know uh look at if one of the things i never thought about was just the size of their mouth that prohibits them from eating larger you know larger prey well sure i mean that's uh you know that gives you a clue as to uh the size baits you can use with the various uh with the various fish and what they're used to feeding on yeah. 
Well, Steve, unfortunately, we're, we're getting close to running out of time here. But before we head out, I do want to mention, you know, you've been doing a great job uh, on the newsletter. The website's cooking along. So for those of you who have not signed up for the Bass Edge uh, newsletter, make sure that you go to BassEdge.com, and that's free, right, Steve? Absolutely. Uh, you you want to get you want to get all the bass edge you can. So uh, so uh, be sure that you get on that newsletter list. Well, and I think the way that that's working is that is all everything that is on the bass edge e newsletter is all exclusive material to that newsletter for a period of thirty days. So uh, if you don't want to be delayed on getting out the the latest information, make sure that that you get signed up for that. Next week we have a great show lined up. Uh, I know you had the opportunity to. Uh, meet with a gentleman, Mike Cork, and I think you're going to be following up, doing an interview with him a little bit later in the week concerning shallow fishing, right? Oh, Mike had a, had a lot to talk about, shallow fishing and fishing around Cypress trees. You know, he fishes Caddo Lake in the northern Louisiana area there, and, and I learned a lot from him. Another highlight that I want to bring up is that we are going to have the opportunity to talk with Major Cody Robertson with the Army Bass Anglers. And uh, what a, a fantastic organization concerning helping our troops, uh, getting them on the water whenever they return from active duty. Uh, so it's going to be another great show. Unfortunately, Steve, we're out of time. Well, you know, that's, uh, it's always too short, Aaron, but uh, it's good to do it again, and uh, I'll be glad to come back anytime. Absolutely. Well, for Steve Brigman, I'm Aaron Martin, and we'll see you next week right here on The Edge. This week's edition of Bass Edges, The Edge, has been brought to you in part by Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, B&W Trailer Hitches, MegaWare Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent, Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstart Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.